Your Bible reveals where God is working in this end time, but you must understand a major key that unlocks Bible prophecy. Learn about the principle of prophetic duality next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. One third of your Bible is prophecy, and much of that is prophetic duality. You can't really understand the depth of the prophecy unless you understand prophetic duality. And I do believe this, that prophetic duality is the major key to understanding Bible prophecy. And we've mentioned many times how Bible prophecy is uh, one of the strongest proofs that God exists. So we all I think, can see the value of what I'm talking about here today. I'd like to quote something I wrote about. A major key to understanding the Bible and its prophecies is knowing that God works in dual stages. The first man, Adam, and a precursor to the second Adam, Jesus Christ, the Old Covenant predated and foreshadowed the New Covenant. The priesthood of ancient Israel typified New Testament Christians, 1 Peter 2 and verses 5, 9, and 10. Christ's first coming foreshadowed the second coming. And so biblical examples abound. Then I wrote, The vital key of duality unlocks many Bible prophecies. Often there is a physical type and a spiritual antitype. At other times, a preliminary fulfillment is only a forerunner of a latter, more dramatic fulfillment, usually occurring in the time of the end, prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. If you have your Bible, let's turn now to Exodus 25, verses 31 and 32. Here's what it says, And you shall make a candlestick of pure gold, of beaten work shall the candlestick be made, his shaft and his branches, his bowls, his knops, and his flowers shall be of the same. And six branches shall come out of the sides of it, three branches of the candlestick out of the one side, and three branches of the candlestick out of the other side. Now, the word candlestick really comes from the Hebrew word menorah, and it is better translated, that is, candlestick is accurately translated lampstand. But I just want to get into one example of prophetic duality today to show you how, how valuable it is to understanding Bible prophecy. Here is a short quote I want to give you. This is taken from The Light of the Menorah in the Next Royal Vision by Darrell Hope, and here's what he had to say in that article. The lamplighting task that took place daily in the temple was divided into two parts. The five lamps on the western side of the menorah were dealt with first. The two easternmost lamps, numbers six and seven, were dealt with later, toward the end of the service. Thus, the two easternmost lights were considered to have a special relationship to one another. Now, that is a powerful truth that we need to understand. And think about this. This is something in anciently, and you don't think that much about it, but when you see what it means when you look at it, this prophetic duality, 
It is an astounding truth that we should never forget. Mr. Hope also says the sixth and seventh lamps were always dealt with together after the other five. So why is it they, they were dealt with separately? Well, a couple of reasons. First of all, they were both doing the Elijah work, so that certainly brings them together. But I believe these two, uh, there's a second reason or point, and that is that God gives uh, much more revelation in these two eras than any other era except the very first one, which was really uh, established by Jesus Christ Himself. And then Peter led the way in that era. And all of this, you see, is just before the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's about the, really the worst suffering ever on this earth if we don't wake up and listen to God's warning. But it is just before the second coming, and that's the greatest news we could possibly hear. Notice Exodus 27 and verse 20. And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil, olive beaten for the light, to cause the lamp to burn always. This is a special lamp. It is to burn always and never, ever go out. Now, if you look at Matthew 16 and verse 18, Christ says that I will build my church and it will never die. So that the light is going to burn always in those church eras, those seven church eras, right down, right from the first coming of Christ to the second coming. So this is a, a monumental truth that we need to understand, and it really illustrates prophetic duality in your Bible. And that's what we're looking at here today. I want to read to you now Revelation 1 and verse 20, talking about these seven eras of God's church from the time of Christ on down to the second coming. Revelation 1 and verse 20, The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks are lamps, it should read, which you saw are the seven churches, are the seven church eras. So we need to, again, see how all that ties into what we read in Exodus. And you can see how it's beginning to really expand in something truly magnificent. Let's look at Zechariah 3 and verse 9. I'll just paraphrase it, but it talks here about the seven church eras. Zechariah 3 and verse 9, and it says there, to the seven eyes. So if you, you've got to get the overview here and see the whole picture, because if we don't understand these seven eras, we, we, we don't see what God is really doing from, let's say, the first coming to the second coming as we should. We don't nearly understand what's happening, especially in God's own church. We have to understand that, that uh, seven lamps gives us the, the big overview. We have to see all of those eras to understand even the last two and why, why they are so different. So. That's all covered in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, and I'll mention some of that to you if I have time today. 
Zechariah 4, let me continue there. Just before this, we're talking about God's giving us eyes to understand what's going on on this earth, the whole earth. God wants us to know, and He wants us to warn the world and try to get them to repent before they go into just the most horrifying future that you can imagine. God doesn't want to see that happen, and of course, neither do we, but you have 95% of God's people turning away at that time in God's own church, that lukewarm church in this, in this last era, not the sixth one, which is the one that we'll talk about in a moment. Zechariah 4 continues this theme. And the angel said unto me, What do you see? And I said, Well, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick or a lamp, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof. That's verse 2. These seven lamps also represent the seven church eras. That's pretty obvious. You have the seven lamps and that fire burning, and before the throne up in heaven. So this is, this is something that is in heaven. It, those seven lamps are there at God's own throne. And so what we're talking about here is something that God has right there before His throne, seven lamps. And we have seven lamps before us today. And it's all about prophetic duality, the root of lamps means to make a field shine, or are we talking about a glorious light. See, there's a type of that lamp up in heaven right here on this earth. It's God trying to get us to see and understand the depth of these seven lamps and how they are just a, a replica of what is up in heaven. That makes it extremely important. And the oil, that is being poured out here is just a type of the Holy Spirit. So this is all very spiritual, and God works to keep that light shining just like it is up in heaven always. This is a message that God wants the world to hear, and He's never going to stop it. Nobody can stop it. Christ has already promised that, but we have to do our part to keep it burning, and do that because God commands it. Now notice Zechariah 4, verses 12 and 14. And I answered again, and said unto him, What be these uh, two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? Then said he, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Now it's about two men over the last two eras one over the sixth and one over the seventh. And God says these golden pipes come from those two olive branches or through those men, and the golden oil comes through those golden pipes and is poured out into the golden bowl. God is trying to get us to see how rich and wonderful and precious all of this is to us. I believe there is nothing in the Bible like these verses right here, because God is giving so much more new revelation to the last two eras, and that's why they're separated partly 
even over in Exodus, the two chapters that I read from, two anointed ones deliver gold and oil. And anciently, they, those temple lamps had to be supplied with olive oil, which is a, a type of God's Holy Spirit. But here you have two men that God is using to do something very important. Two anointed ones, they're anointed by God Himself, and uh, that you, you can begin to see why these two eras are so closely tied together. There's been nothing like it on this earth in the church eras from the first century to this time, all the way down to the sixth era and now the seventh era that we're in today, the last era before Jesus Christ returns. See, he, they ask the question, well, what, what, are, what are these two olive branches? Well, and God answers it and says, these, are, these have the golden oil flowing. It, what, what, it's golden oil. You and I have to know what that is, or we can't understand this prophetic duality. We can't understand this prophecy that is specifically for this end time. And you can read that in Zechariah, and it's plainly explained there. And we'll send you the Zechariah booklet, which will help you to understand it fully. But the lamp just seems to be golden, and it's a golden bowl. So, where is that golden bowl? Where is it that God is pouring all of that new revelation? Well, it's, it's, it's in, in the bowls of those two men and the work that they do, it's all there. Then you combine the new revelation of both of those eras, and it is just truly mind-shattering to see how much revelation God has given in these two eras. Nothing like it ever on this earth, really, as far as uh, that much prophecy, with the exception of the first era, where Christ was there uh, laying the groundwork for that first era. But we, we, we are just simply lost spiritually if we don't understand this. So, uh, this is all about new revelation. That's what the golden oil is. It's coming from heaven, up there where those seven lamps are. God wants us to relate this to heaven and to that holy of holies in heaven. How could anything be more important? To you and to me than that. It is truly astounding. Golden oil pouring into God's true church. Now, that has to be extremely important to us, and we have a booklet on the true history of the true church we'll also send you, which explains all of this about the church eras in detail, like you've never read before any place else, I verily do believe. So, there's just some spectacular understanding there. But just think about this, this opportunity that God has given us. Here we are just really honored to be alive at this time and have the opportunity to receive this golden oil, which means it's, it's a golden hope, it's golden truth that we need right now. Let's take a look at Revelation 3, verses 7 and 8. 
I'll just paraphrase this. It's talking again to this seventh angel or the seventh era. And God opens up a great door for this sixth era and the seventh era. Again, they're taking, they have the same message about Elijah work, or the same work, I should say. The message is somewhat different, but also very similar. But it it says of the all the other eras from the first to uh, the sixth, they they all slumbered and slept. That's in uh, Matthew twenty five verse five. The other eras, there was just a lot of sleeping going on, and none of them took the the message of God to the world like the first and the sixth and the seventh. They did not. And so God makes that clear to us. But in this sixth era, notice what it says in Matthew 17, verses 10 and 11. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elijah, it should read, must first come? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things. Well, that certainly is important. If he's going to restore all things spiritually, all things, then it shows those other eras weren't doing their job, and the one just preceding the sixth era was dead. And so this man who came on the scene in the sixth era to lead that, and he has already come and gone, but he had to restore all things. That's phenomenal. These prophecies, Herbert Armstrong said when he was doing that work in the sixth era, these prophecies have now definitely been fulfilled. The true gospel has been restored and has now gone to in power into every nation on the face of the earth. There's really probably no work that's ever been like it. They even got up to a maximum number of attendance of 150,000 people, which is a lot of people for God's little flock. So anyhow, you will also see in the last one about Second Thessalonians two verses one through three. It talks about a man actually after this man in the sixth era died. There was a man that took over and showed himself as if he were God in the very church of God. He took over and became a man of sin or a son of perdition a son of destruction, and he destroyed God's true church. Or, well, not totally, but he destroyed the, totally destroyed the work. And a little 5% of God's church, 95% turned away and forsook God. And now you have the 5% that the little remnant did cling to God's truth and raised up the ruins. And there was a great revolt, uh, several translations will say, or a great apostasy, or a final rebellion. And you can go on to say that uh, there, this man was taken out of the way in the sixth era. He was over that era, and he was taken away, and the wrong person got control. And Malachi's message, the book I have written, 
makes all of that clear and explains how that all happened and why it all happened. That is the little book of Revelation 10. They were casting the truth to the ground. We had a court case with them and were able to get all of Mr. Armstrong's material because they said it was their Christian duty to keep it all out of print. That's how much they hated God's truth. But we went to court with them for six years and won 19 copyrights of the essential and most foundational messages and books and booklets of Herbert W. Armstrong. But you'll go on to see that these Laodiceans are blind. Why is it they're blind? Because you see, they don't, they don't see, they don't have the overview of those seven eras. Mr. Armstrong once said, This is not just a church, it's the beginning of a new world. It is a beginning of a new world. That's what God's end time churches are all about. They're talking about the end of the world and the beginning of a new world, beginning after this, this last very dying age we're living in now. So this is a once in a life opportunity that God has given us because He says, I will give you the morning star, I will give you Jesus Christ as your husband, if you will come out and deliver this message. I will let you rule on that throne of David with Christ for a thousand years and then for all eternity over the whole universe forever. Now how could you have a greater opportunity than that? Jesus Christ says, I come quickly, very quickly. Notice, uh, well, verse 20, you can read that yourself, I'll just paraphrase it. Well, I'll read this to you quickly, I have time, I think. Surely I come quickly three times in this chapter. Christ says He is coming quickly. So it's getting extremely close to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The last two eras of, uh, reveals truth that this world has never understood in this end time at all. And this is just one example I'm giving you today of prophetic duality. You can see how essential it is to understand Bible prophecy. You need to, to really reach into the deep things of God, because this prophetic duality will bring you riches spiritually that you've never even imagined. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. Your Bible reveals where God is working in this end time. But you must understand a major key that unlocks Bible prophecy. Learn about the principle of prophetic duality. Your Bible has a lot to say about two end time churches. They once were the same church, obeying God and doing His work. But something changed. Request Gerald Fleury's free booklet, Zechariah, The Sign of Christ's Imminent Return, to learn why only one of these two churches follows God today. Only God's loyal people dwell with Him, while the rebels are headed for tribulation. To understand the warning of Zechariah, you must grasp the principle of prophetic duality. Sometimes a person or event in history is a type of an end-time counterpart. 
Other times, there is no historical version, only a prophetic type. Either way, God is very specific about the leading personalities in his end-time church, both heroes and villains. By studying Bible prophecy, you can prove where God is working today. You can see a marvelous sign, a beautiful physical building, that God is alive and active in these dangerous times. You can know exactly what God expects of true Christians. Not only does God provide crucial details in prophecy about the one true church, but he also foretells the future of Jerusalem. At a time of chaos and division within God's own church, the holy city is also suffering horribly. Study Zechariah, the sign of Christ's imminent return, to understand how the bloody present and glorious future of Jerusalem have everything to do with your everyday life. Also request our free reprint article, The Light of the Menorah, to discover one shining example of prophetic duality. The subject of lamps is discussed extensively in your Bible. Are you sure you understand why? Learn how lamps teach a powerful lesson for true Christians, plus a staggering warning for all mankind. The prophetic implications of lamps are massive for the near future of the entire planet. You'll also receive a free copy of our reprint article, Prophetic Duality. So many people have tried to read prophecy only to give up in frustration. Prophecy is hard to understand, but you can understand it. God reveals the meaning, and He does so through specific teaching tools. One of those tools is prophetic duality. Uncover the remarkable riches and depths of your Bible by becoming an expert in prophetic duality. All our literature is available free of charge, at no cost or obligation to you. Request Zechariah, the sign of Christ's imminent return, the light of the menorah, and prophetic duality. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request Zechariah, the sign of Christ's imminent return, the light of the menorah, and prophetic duality. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629.
The preceding program was a paid presentation of the Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.